Ladies and gentlemen, how is everybody doing? I hope everybody's doing well. It's been so long, huh? I don't even remember when the last time I uh, dropped an episode for you on this Derek For Real podcast of mine. Anyway, we're live and direct. As always, it's yours truly, Bam Bam, a.k.a. Mr. Derek For Real, a.k.a. Zeke, a.k.a. Of course, the man of many egos. It is July 13th right now, 2019. It is currently 3.37 a.m. Now, while I assume many of you guys are probably asleep right now, it doesn't matter. When the uh, cats are away, the mice will play. Is that right? So, um, I've, uh, you know, I, I recently moved about... Um, I don't know what a month ago I'd say um, and you know as far as moving everything dealing you know going from a four uh, the fourth floor going from a fourth floor apartment with no elevator to a first floor apartment up the street you know having to move furniture and do it all by myself and to go from a what was a you know a fourth floor decent size you know pretty pretty humongous uh, you know apartment to what is now on the first floor and what I'm living in that I consider pretty much like the size of a fucking closet. And uh, I'm paying $50 more for it. Why? I don't know. Maybe I was fucked up. I don't know. Maybe I was on one. Who knows? I just know that I made a mistake. But I am persistent as far as the landlords and those who I rent from as far as this apartment's concerned almost on a daily basis that um you know the squeaky wheel gets the grease so if not every day every other day they do get a text and a call from me and I say the same thing that I say if not every day every other day is there a place that's available? Is there a new place that is open? Because let's face it, these landlords, for whom are three brothers, one is named Mike, one is named Dan, and the other one is Andy, last name Deshales. And um, I've heard many people, you know, label them as you know the typical slum lords. But I've known these three brothers since I was literally in diapers. Probably since the age of two, three years old. And here I am, 32 years old. You know, uh, these were the landlords that my mother rented off of. These people, as far as three brothers are concerned, show me what it is to be people with such great discipline and hard work ethic. You know, these 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 three brothers own. Um, I want to say thirty six properties. Now, not just any thirty six properties. We're talking like the building that I'm in right now. Excuse me, because I'm eating gold crackers. Hold on. So the building I'm I'm in right now is pretty much a building that's four floors, and it consists of. Pretty much little studio apartments. And if I had to guess and, and put a number on how many little studio apartments um, in total. From uh, the first floor to the fourth floor in this whole building. Um, 
is concerned, I'd probably say there's maybe um it's probably gotta be at least fifty to sixty little studio apartments in um this whole building. And they own pretty much about thirty six, you know, buildings that are like this and in a setup similar. So long story short, they're multi multi millionaires. And they don't have to work. They can simply sit on their ass travel, enjoy their life, retire and do whatever they want and hire people to do, you know, to take care of their properties. But they're up early, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., Monday through Saturday, just like everyone of us, you know, who happen to work, which is not many. Um, I can tell you this, if I had to put a percentage, I'd say probably at least 95% of the tenants that these landlords rent to are all on social security and don't work. They don't even know what work is. They don't know what the concept is. When I tell them I go to bed at eight o'clock, they think I'm out of my fucking mind. You know, they get mad. They 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 they, they can't they can't process. Oh, you can't you can't stay up like us to you know one two three in the morning, and then go and get up for work. See, they don't understand what it's like to have to get up you know for work. Or what it's like to, you know, have to hold your own and, you know, work for your money and, 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 and pay your bills and, and, and whatnot. See, now, I could be on Social Security as well. I know that for a fact. I suffer mental illnesses. I suffer disabilities, for which I'm not even going to get into. Maybe we'll get into that, you know, down the line or whatnot. Regardless, I can get approved. But me... As far as the government's concerned, for those who are smart, you always have to be one step ahead of them. Because in all reality, let's just face it, what it is is one check a month. And I'm 32 years old, which means I haven't paid into the system nearly as long as, say, somebody who's about to retire and is about 70 years old. Okay, now that 70-year-old... Providing they've worked from, you know, say 16 years old all the way up to 70, you know, is, is in every week or every other week when they got their check and whatnot, they've paid taxes out of their check right into their Social Security, which, you know, if, you, if you're on the books and you pay taxes your whole life, say from 16 to 70, you're going to get a nice little Social Security check when you become a senior. And uh, you're pretty much on government retirement, and you know you might you might even get you know a thousand seven hundred to anywhere to you know two thousand three hundred two thousand five hundred dollars. Who knows? All I know is that if I was to take the option right now at thirty two of going on disability and getting Social Security, I'm gonna get like every one of these other people get, which is probably about I don't know seven fifty eight hundred dollars, and that's once a month. Okay, now that's let's just say it was let, let's round it up and say I was to get eight hundred dollars a month, right? Okay, well the rent here is six hundred, correct? Well, you don't know that. I'm telling you it's 600. So we're going to say 800 minus 600. Oh, God. Am I that dumb that I'm really pull? I just pulled up the calculator, put 800 minus 600. Gee, Bam Bam, you think the answer might be $200 left over out of your check after you pay rent? Oh, wait a minute. There's always those things that come up that are called bills. 
So, you know, say I got 200 left over, right? I got a phone bill that's $55. Okay, minus that. And I also got a uh, cable that is 120 a month. So that... So after I paid my phone, that left me at 145. Now 145 minus 120. Oh my God, guys. $25 for the whole entire month. Yeah. See, that's not uh that 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 that's not using your fucking head, okay? I've struggled my whole entire life. I've been thrown into the streets. I I I, I had to be street smart and learn the streets and the ways of the streets and educate myself through that 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 means of uh, you know living since I was like five years old, okay? And. All I know is that I'd rather get a check either once a week, like the majority of most jobs do, even though I get paid every other week. Regardless, once a week, every two weeks, I'm still getting fucking two checks a week. And my two checks are over. Let's just say this. Every two weeks, I'll get a, I get a check from work that is almost... Eh, I'd say almost one time or two times the amount of money that that average person that is uh, on Social Security that gets seven fifty to eight hundred gets. I I I make I make more than them. Okay, every two weeks. So think about that. Who wouldn't want to make more? But who 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 the fuck wants to work though, right? When you're in when you're in their shoes, because after years of the government saying, "Hey, yeah, you don't have to work. Don't worry about it." All those who work and bust their ass and pay taxes, they'll they'll pay for you to sit on your ass and do nothing. It's okay. Why why not let my hard you know hard taxes and my taxes that I pay pay for y'all to sit on your ass and do nothing? But that's okay because guess what? When you sit on your ass and do nothing. It is exactly just how it goes. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. And if there's any man on this earth that knows that the best, it is me. I'm a recovering addict. Some days I'm just a regular addict. I go with the flow of the motion. But I go with the intent of waking up every morning trying to feel at my best as naturally as I can, even though I wake up to a ball and chain, which is, is you know, suboxone, which is nobody's fucking business, okay? But I'm taking y'all on this journey, which is personal. This is the Derek For Real show, and there'll be a lot of things that I don't personally share with nobody. I'm a private person, you know, for the for the mo- for the most part. But yes, I am on a ball and chain that I've been on called Suboxone for the past eight years. Now there'll be the type, there'll be people out there. Oh, you're on a crutch. Oh, you don't need it. You can get off of it. Ba 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 ba. It's not a matter of whether I can get off of it or not. It's a matter of when I get off of it. Do I trust myself to not go back to the lifestyle for which I lay, I lived when I was ripping and running and using painkillers, opiates, crack, whatever. Whatever I could use to get away. 
And the answer is no. I'm an asbestor. And you can ask the members of my family on both sides because addiction runs rampant through, through the genetics of my bloodline, through my family, especially on the asbestos side. See, we, 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 we need to either be managed by something, keep ourselves busy, or we're just going to rip and run. That's, that's just who we are. We are party animals. We, we will party you under the table. Absolutely. And we're not trying to say that. And let me not let, let me not say we. I'm I, I I I am a fucking party animal. I will party people under the table. Okay, back when I was using drugs. Okay, and I don't say that proudly. But when you got a fucked up family, you got a fucked up mother for whom is dead. May your soul rest in peace, mom. July 30th, as a matter of fact, which is in how many days from now? Let's see. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 days. Wow. It's crazy. It's crazy. 17 days will make 8 years since my mother passed away. But it's a gift and a curse in itself because you know what? I had to learn that watching my mother die was that bed that she made and which she had to lay in. And which was going to be the same exact bed that I was going to lay in if I didn't change my ways. Am I perfect? I am not. Do I have my days? I do. Do I look at recovery as far as an addict as... The, the avoidance of, re, you know, staying away from that, you know, temptation and need to relapse. Yes and no. See, my, my problem was with Perks, Percocet, Vicodin, any kind of opiate pill. And it's been eight years since I've taken one. Almost nine years. The Suboxone completely changed my life. And I'll be completely honest with you. I've got two people within the last week for whom were fucked up. They are acquaintances slash friends of mine who suffer the same disease of addiction that I do. For whom I witnessed, you know, uh, one day one taking a, um, a perk and whatnot. She's a female. I'm not going to say her name or say who she is because that, 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 that. What I witnessed or, or what was talked about was between me and her. And then on another day, which was like, what, the other day? Yesterday or, oh no, two days ago, another friend of mine, for which is a guy, and I won't bring up their name because uh, privacy is, uh, you know, something that I, I cherish and value and, and for them to be able to know that they can hold their trust and secrets within me as I hope that they, you know, can hold my secrets and shit, I tell them. Um, he was doing perks. And I have absolutely no urge whatsoever to do perks. I don't even think, what if? You know what I mean? What if? I have, I, I just don't have that urge, period. I know the disaster and nightmare that it caused me. But on the other side of that token, if I was not on Suboxone or my uh, medication for, you know, depression and whatnot... I would 500% guarantee you, 
And I know for a fact I'd be right back on those painkillers. See, I didn't stop loving the painkillers. I stopped loving the, the, the struggle, the daily grind to get that to get that fix and support my habit. See, I, 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 I didn't give up loving painkillers in the way that they gave me that feeling and made me nod out and whatnot. See, I didn't love the process of the tolerance being so high and built to the point where, you know, if, 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 I, if, the, if the drug dealer had only five milligram perks and say he had 40 of them, I'd have to eat all fucking 40 of them in, in one handful just, just to, you know, feel normal. You know what I'm saying? It was the process for which I hated. But on July 30th, 2011, when my mother died... Six months later, January 22nd came, 2012, and I'm sure I don't even, I'm sure I've told you this story on, on one of the past episodes. If I haven't, if I did, whatever, and I'm repeating myself, it's just such an important part of, of, of what has given me the strength to move on. And I don't say move on perfectly or flawlessly. I have my days, my ups and downs. But seeing her death and truly believing that her spirit, her spirit in the afterlife, hopefully in heaven with God for all eternity, one day came down to me. Now I had been up for probably three or four days, totally high out of my fucking mind, speeding balls on Adderall stimulants probably fucking anywhere from 60 milligrams to 100 milligrams and that was just within like a four or five hour period you know what I mean I could take 75 to 100 milligrams every five hours and and stay up three four or five days and whatnot well anyway my mom let me know that her spirit was going to come and, 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 and intervene. And I totally crashed and just, after being sleep deprived, hungry, and up for four or five days, I called the ambulance and told them that I need help. And that is something that I I used to always swear I would never do because I don't have any problems. See, see the name Derek for which I was born with, it, it means leader. It means ruler. You know how each one of us... Each one, everybody, everybody's name, first name, um, mind you, has a meaning behind it and what it means. Mine means reader. Uh, come on, Derek, speak normal. Uh, it means leader and ruler, okay? Not only do I have that tendency and the and trait behind the meaning of my name for me going, I'm also a left-handed person. I'm left-handed. I write left-handed, whatnot, and... Uh, most left-handed people, if I'm correct, are oftentimes considered geniuses. And I'm not saying that the right-handed people are dumb as shit or stupid. I'm just telling you that from what I heard, I heard that a, a left-handed person who writes left-handed, if he's left-handed, dude, of course he, he writes left-handed. Think, Derek. Stick, stupid. Stick. All right. Anyway. Um, a left-handed person... For the most part, when they think and process shit, they think with both sides of their brain as to where a right-handed person only thinks with one half of their brain at a time. That's what I heard. Whether that is scientifically factual or not, I don't know. But I can believe it because I feel it. Um, So anyway, 
ambulance comes, tell them what the situation is and I need help. And I'm embarrassed. And the first thing the EMT told me was, as I light up a cigarette, EMT told me these words I'll never forget. Well, buddy, I just want to let you know, you just got through the hottest part. The hottest part is admitting that you need help and that you cannot do it by yourself and that you've been in denial for the longest time and now's the time where you 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 need to give your addiction up to a higher power. And it was like, wow, man. So anyway, they transport me to um, in the back of the ambulance to uh, South Shore Hospital in Weymouth, Massachusetts. I sat there probably three hours and whatnot until I was able to get a bed at a place called uh, the Norcap Lodge, which is in, uh, it's on, it's it's in Foxborough, but it's like technically the Foxborough Mansfield line. Well, anyway, regardless, I've never been to a rehab before in my life. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I thought it was going to be just misery and hell. But not only was it such a great, 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 great place that I, I truly enjoyed I enjoyed it for the fact that, see, back in the day, normally, if you were to get Suboxins, you needed a, you needed to set up an appointment with a, you know, a, a doctor who is certified and trained in addiction and, and can specialize and prescribe Suboxin because you need a special license to prescribe it. And, and, and at that time, every doctor was practically a cash doctor so you'd go there you'd pay anywhere from like 280 dollars to 300 and 300 dollars i think the first visit he'd give you a script and whatnot i think every other visit after that was either 150 or 180 um however you 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 and the doctor set it up whether it was every two weeks or once a month whatever so you know that in itself gave me no hope um i mean i could always find him on the streets and whatnot, but at that point, I really didn't know too much about Suboxone. I was kind of new to that game, um, and uh, I just assumed that you know insurance ain't gonna pay for this and whatnot. So you know I'm gonna shit, you know I'm gonna watch the years go by and continue to abuse painkillers and whatnot. So anyway, I'm in the rehab and whatnot, and uh, lo and behold. Insurance, health insurance or whatnot, for which our government health insurance, for which is absolutely, absolutely amazing. It's called MassHealth um, here in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts for those who are low income, poverty level, or just, you know, just barely making it or whatnot. Um, they are covering and, and you, you, you know, they'll pay for you, uh, they'll pay for your uh, prescription of Suboxone so you don't have to pay a cash doctor. So not only did they the first day um, start, you know, treating me on the Suboxone uh, maintenance program. And uh, so when you go to an, uh, in, in what they call an inpatient rehab treatment, inpatient means obviously you're in there and you know what I mean you don't leave in mass health because of you know just the high numbers of people that are addicted and that need rehab and and whatnot you um you go to a place like that um that I went to called Norcap the Norcap Lodge in uh Foxborough slash Mansfield Mass you go there for six days that's like the max that mass health will uh pay for and you know what 
six days um, did this. So this people, okay, that I was in there with, and, and the majority of addicts, okay, you can ask them how many times they've been to rehab, and, and, they, and they'll tell you 50, 60, 75, 100 times. See, an addict will come out of rehab um, and go right back out to ripping and running, using. Because guess what? When we're in there, for the most part, we're, we're not using. We're, we're, we're withdrawing and we're not with ourselves. So we'll rip and run for months on end, malnourish ourselves, not eat, not sleep, just totally fuck our bodies up, everything. And then we, we do the process over again. We call and, and we need help and we go to a rehab. Now, six days in that rehab, that's what they call a spin dry. Those six days, you pretty much just, you know, try to get your head and thoughts together and just, you know, like, you know, whoa, I, I, I just can't, I can't, I'm either going to die, overdose, or I'm just going to starve to death, or it's just something bad's going to happen. That that's that's how it is when you're a, a using addict, you know, when you when you're actively using drugs. Eventually, the the drugs always win, no matter what. In the end, there's nobody inevitable to it. And I truly believe that once an addict, you're always an addict. Okay. Every single day, I am not afraid to admit that there's not a day that goes by where I take my medication and. I uh, open up the bottles, I put one tablet here of that medication, one tablet here. If it's four tablets that I'm supposed to take, I put that out. And, the, you know, as I'm opening up those pill bottles, uh, there's not a day that goes by where, you know what, hey, maybe I'll take an extra, uh, may, or, or the thought of wanting to take, um, you know, maybe a, a one or two or three extra, mind you. Um, that thought always is in my head and whatnot. Um, some days I give in, some days I don't. Does that make me fucking... Does that make me any different than you? Does that make my struggles in comparison to what each and every one of us has as a cross goes through on a on a regular basis? I don't think so. God has given each and every one of us, whether you believe in him or not, he's given all of us a cross. Some crosses are harder than others. Um, I, I, I know from experience... Um, but I've never been the type of person, even though the the, the 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 just torture and struggle that I've gone through in these 32 years, I've I've never been the one to say, you know what, my struggle is more severe than yours. And as I get wiser and I get more older, it's it's knowing that there's kids that are starving, going to bed hungry with worms in their belly, with flies in their face and in their eyeballs, starving eating mud over in like Ethiopia and other third world countries starving to death with no food it's humbling to know that I can close my eyes and just picture being in that situation not knowing what to do only days away from death and there's nothing that anybody can do to to change that situation but yet what, what what the average person who has, you know, a place to live, you know, roof over their head, maybe TV, cable, whatnot, a phone, you know, we take that for granted. That's why I love what I do when I, when I, uh, you know, by driving, you know, the school bus for the disabled and whatnot. I love what I do, so I never feel like I'm working. I feel like 
every person that I come in contact with, for which the majority, if not all, in some way, shape, or form, have a mental or physical disability, whether it's autism, Asperger's, cerebral palsy, whether they're wheelchair-bound, whether they're just mentally what they used to call completely retardation, but now we call it mentally handicapped and just gone, to, uh, you know, just 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 handicapped and, and disabilities that you don't ever want to wish upon your worst enemies. But those same disabilities make me, you know, at times open up my eyes and have to tell myself, you know what, for every second... Or any, any, for anything that you had a angry or negative point of view today towards, whether you were mad because you know you can't afford real cigarettes, whether you're mad because you you know you're not trying to give up cigarettes, you know, even though you want to quit, you never put the effort in, and you get mad and you do this and that and you bitch and moan and it's not fair and blah 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 blah. And, that, and that's just an example. There's, there's so many goals that we all try to, you know, accomplish. And some we do and some we don't. But regardless, they're very, my, my struggle is minimal. And compared to that woman, well, that kid with cerebral palsy crippled in a wheelchair who can't walk, who, don't, who will never know what sex feels like, who will never know what love feels like. Well, then again, I can't say love because, see, the heart doesn't have to be fucking... It doesn't. It's inside the body. The heart is never crippled. The heart is. The heart inside of each and every one beats, and it and it's and it's real, and it's alive and well. In the heart, you can't cripple. The heart you can break, but it can heal. But you can't cripple it. The only thing that can cripple it is a heart attack, and sometimes people have those and. Half the time they survive, half the time they don't. Regardless, they can't, you know, say drive a car. Say they want to go rollerblading or roller skating with their friends. Go walking, do this, do that, you know. Get up, use the bathroom themselves, take a shower themselves. They don't know, they, they can't do that. But yeah, you're bitching and complaining, bro, about your little problems. That are nothing, that are minimal, like I said. And just the thought of it, man, makes me want to <laughs> excuse me while I do. Light up a cigarette. There I go again, making excuses of why I can't cope with the thought of trying to cope with not having cigarettes. We're actually trying to quit. Because why? There's a part of me that's knows that it's been like a best friend, even though it's been an enemy at the same chance. What are you guys doing? Hey. Hey. Knock it off. Don't you bite her. Sorry, guys. My, my, my boy, Minnie, is biting... The new baby girl, the new cat I adopted. Um, what are you doing? Don't bite her again. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? Hey, hey, 
Do not bite her again. Minnie, come here. Mittens, come here, baby. Come here. You okay? What's he doing here? You okay? Come here. I don't want to catch you doing that again. Did you hear what I said? Minnie? Yeah, that's right. You were three times the size of her. You okay? Anyway, these two cats, they're my kids. And the one that I was just yelling and reprimanded, you know, the the, the my best friend and the the just love of my life that I would die for a mini. My one and only boy is like literally four or five times the size of this uh, female cat named Mittens that I just adopted. Mittens is seven years old and uh, Minnie is six. And Minnie is fucking spoiled beyond belief. And any, any animal that I have in my life or that I own is spoiled. But Minnie is so spoiled to the point where I got Mittens... Um, to either be a girlfriend for him, and they're both fixed, or either be, you know, a friend. But, you know, when I'm out working and I'm doing my thing and whatnot, I've come home because of this place being, like I said, so small and like the size of a closet, It where I just, it ends up hurting me, not to sound like a little bitch, because if, if anybody, you know, tries to make this seem like I'm coming across like that can definitely sit, step up and, and come right in front of my face and say something you know what I'm saying and I know what you're thinking why is he going from you know talking about this and that to you know wanting to fuck people up well you know it's funny when it comes with cats and stuff god forbid you say oh that's my son well that's my daughter I love my cats I spoil them to death in my world Somehow you're a fucking bitch. You know, oh, you're just a little cat pussy. Just a little fucking twerk. Well, I've, I've proven it many times that I, 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 got, I, I can be your best friend. I could be the greatest person you ever meet. The most generous person you ever meet. Always sharing my shit. For the most part, never telling people no. Or I can be the fucking worst thing that has ever fucking happened to you. To the point where you can get it any way you want if you're my enemy. You can verbally get beaten to death. You can physically get beaten to death. Mentally get beaten to death. Emotionally get beaten to death. You can get fucking all of them all at once if you want. It doesn't matter to me. Just don't get on that shit list. Because I do get the last laugh. And that's something that God, my higher power, you know... In the Bible or whatnot, it says, you know, you do not get retaliation. You do not, it's not supposed to be an eye for an eye. But I'm not perfect, and that is something that I am flawed at and need to work on. But I'll be damned if it's, uh, you know, fuck me. No, it's fuck you. You have the option to get along. But see, then, what, then, then, you know, like for instance, um, I don't know whether I should bring this up, but let let me just use an example, right? I share my shit, you know, I'll share my food. Uh, back in the day, I shared my drugs, you know what I mean? I'd be fucking whatever. 
spot people there, spot people that, you know, people that are dependent on Social Security and shit that, that I don't have to do. You know what I mean? You know, what I should what I should be doing, you know what I mean, is telling you, you know what? Get your fucking head together. And I'm talking about the people that don't want to work and live on Social Security and whatnot. And, uh, you know, oh, I can't work. I got this wrong with me. I got that wrong with me. Okay, I got a fucked up head. And I've had a fucked up head, a fucked up family, fucked up parents. Um, 53 Fostones, all that shit my whole fucking life. I need a fucking hip replacement that I've had. I've had a bad hip ever since I was a fucking, what, five years old? I used to have to wear the Forrest Gump fucking uh, braces that he wore in that movie to school. Get laughed at, embarrassed. Change schools every three months. Get expelled from high schools. Act like a fool. Go to group homes, DYS. Eventually sign out and say, fuck you, I'm, a, I'm in this world myself. To going back to my mother's house at 18. Knocking on her door. And looking at her face like, oh man. He's 18 now, he signed out of the system. I can't just, you know, claim I'm 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 having a nutty and, and put him in a foster home again or go to a psychiatric ward, you know, when I need a break from when when I need a break from my boys that are supposed to be my kids. Yeah, see I'm eighteen now. But I kept the visit really short stayed. I let's just say I fell in love. And let's just say I'm getting all over the place and all over track, but whatever. It's my fucking podcast, and I'll do whatever I want. That's why I am Derek for real. But anyway, 4.14 a.m. in the morning. Y'all are probably like, what What are you doing right now? Why are you up? Well, the reason why I'm up, right, is that I, for the majority, so you know, I work Monday through Friday. I got the weekends off, right? And a part of my recovery, and I don't go to NA or Narcotics Anonymous. It's not really something that I believe in or, you know, go to. You know what I'm saying? I hear my, I hear my own problems all day long in my head, day in and day out. So to hear other people's problems in a circle, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know... It's, it's just not for me. For those who it helps, so be it, whatever. And there might be times or many times, you know, when I'm recording these podcasts where I'm repeating myself. <coughs> but I'm repeating myself because it's so needed. I'll, I'll repeat myself because that point needs to get across. It's a point that needs to be proven. It's something that you should take and put in your toolbox. <coughs> Excuse me. Anyway, I think this is by far the longest uh, episode that I've ever recorded. We're up to 39 minutes. But anyway, 4.16 a.m., why am I up so early? Why haven't I slept? Well, so, like I said, I work Monday through Friday. I got the weekends off. And a part of my recovery, really, you know, I don't drink or whatnot. I'm not an alcoholic. If I want to drink, I... I can most certainly drink, and and I do enjoy a nice uh, craft beer or a Sam Adams. You know, something expensive. If I'm gonna drink beer, it's gotta be the top of the line and something that that they they put their heart into. But anyway, <clears throat> so I you know my Fridays would consist of the same fucking routine: go to bed at seven thirty, eight o'clock, 
you know, wake up fucking 7.30 a.m. in the morning, 8 o'clock a.m. in the morning, whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know, maybe nap all day, in and out, um, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, whatever, and then go back to work and start the, the work week over again. And I did this for like, I don't know, two, three years. I might have even did it for, the, you know, the whole the eight years that I was, uh, well, not the whole eight years. I'd say probably six, six and a half, seven years. I just started like saying, you know what, well, it's it's apparent you can't go out and use perks. You can't go out and get high. You know what I'm saying? You know what the, the goal is. You know where you've been and you know where you want to go. But if you so choose, after working your ass all week, you know what I'm saying, to stay up and uh, not get sleep for that night on a Friday and going into a Saturday, so fucking be it. I don't have to work today, this beautiful Saturday that... Uh, See, I'm not even making sense. That's what happens when you don't get sleep. Beautiful Saturday. It's only 4.18. But the sun actually, I think it's starting to come up. If I can see. It's coming up slowly but surely. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? If I wanted to stay up tonight, uh, you know, this day Saturday, and, uh, you know, whatever. And uh, I could do that. But I know tonight I'll get sleep because I, uh, so Saturday into Sunday, I, I might go out, you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying, I'm just using this ex- as example. Say I go out to the casino with a friend or whatnot or go play pool or whatnot on a Saturday night. You know, I, I can stay out to 1, 2, 3 in the morning or whatnot. But I just know that I need to get an adequate amount of rest for the 6 to 8 hours. Um, you know, that's Saturday going into Sunday. And then Sunday is really meant to, you know, keep it holy keep it, you know, it, you know, keep holy the Sabbath, which is, you know, the Lord's day in which he asked, you know, you to rest and not work and, and to refrain from uh, any type of uh, physical or strenuous activity or work like, like he did on that seventh day after he created the world and, and us and whatnot. So then, you know, it, it you know, I set the alarm clocks and I, and I am so like, I'm, I don't, I very, very, very rarely, really, really, really ever call out. But I'm the also, I'm also the type of people due to my, type of person due to my medication that I have to set two alarms. So let's just say this, right? Because my aunt don't, don't understand why I get up two to two and a half hours earlier. So say I got to leave my house at six o'clock to go travel an hour and pick a kid up an hour away from, you know, where I live. So if I got to leave the house at 6 o'clock, I'll set one alarm for like, I don't know, maybe 4 o'clock. And then I'll set the other one for 4.15. And generally, I used to, so I got I got a, I got a regular alarm clock on top of my um, nightstand that plugs into, you know, a regular outlet. And then I use my iPhone alarm as the second alarm. Now, I used to force myself to get out of bed and and. and, and make the 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 one that goes into the outlet you know go off first so i'd have to get out of bed and shut that off and then if i fell asleep the second one would wake me back up but now i'm so part of the i'm so used to the routine that i actually so my phone alarm goes off first and then if something you know say i fall back asleep then the uh the uh the electrical outlet alarm will go off next and whatnot and another reason is is because, 
you know, I, I've been I've been in that situation. You know, what I mean, what happens if you know you are a deep sleeper or whatever? You you so happen to need an alarm, like many of us who work, you know, often do. Um, and and you, and you only have one. You know what I mean? Say so you only use that one that you plug into the outlet, and then you know, in the middle of the night, you lose power, which I've had happen probably three or four times in the past year or so or actually not even a year since since october of last year 2018 so october november december january february march april may june july 10 10 months about four times i've lost power now if i didn't set that secondary alarm on my phone to go off i wouldn't get up for work and then therefore i'd be late and it would just not be good and it would cause problems but so I, I, I like I my brain is the type in the morning I am not a morning person. I've never been a morning person. If my mother was alive she'd attest and tell you that I'd get up she'd get us up for school, you know, I'd say probably from the ever since the first grade or whatnot, or even uh preschool or kindergarten, whatever, whatever one comes whatever's the last one before you go to first grade, I think it's what? Kindergarten, yeah. I would get up, I'd have my usual bowl of cereal. But I would have the bowl of cereal like literally an inch away from my face and I'd be hiding behind that box with the most angriest face while I eat my cereal. And my mother knew not to talk to me, not to bother me, not even disturb me or look at me. Until I until I started speaking or said the first words or, you know, engaged in conversation with her. And that's from like a kindergarten when I was a kindergarten all the way up to uh till she passed away and whatnot. Just never was a morning person. See, like, if you fuck with me when I'm just waking up, okay, that's that 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 is a good way to get seriously hurt, okay? Because that when I'm in that mood, in that mode, I don't think I just react and then I deal with the consequences after. It's the same fucking thing um, when I'm sick. So, like, if I'm sick with a cold or I'm sick as a dog and you come and you try fucking around with me, that will not end good for you. Those are the two things that I, I just, I will explode. Another thing I will explode, so say a guy, want, you know, some, some dude, he thinks he's going to punk me or whatnot, or, you know, shoulder shoves me or whatnot, or, you know, you know shoves my face or t- touches my face in any way, shape, or form, like, you know, in, in disrespect or trying to bully me. That's when you get your ass fucked up. And that and that's a guarantee. I don't know where this guy for which I was in a residential DYS program with, his name was Tom Peterson. Um I believe I was a year or two older than him, so let's say I was I don't know, either sixteen or seventeen and he was like no, he was probably, I, I was 17 turning 18, he was like 16 turning 17. Big, 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 you know, big burly dude, I'd probably say he was maybe like, I don't know, 5'11", if not 6 feet. Probably weighed about, I don't know, 270 pounds, 260. Um, in one day, we're, uh, so there was about, I think there was... And that program, which was the uh, key program uh, located in Wareham, it was an old barn. They converted an old barn into rooms in like a residential, you know, uh, 
program for bad kids, pretty much. You know what I mean? Kids that get thrown into the fucking system. You know what I mean? And fucking have to deal with fucking random strangers and fucking this and that because their family don't know how to do the their, their family don't know how to do the right thing by either taking them in and adopting them, um, or you know they got their parents are fucking deadbeats like my dad or fucking you know got psychiatric issues like my mom or fucking on pills or whatever it is. Regardless. So I think there was about 12 to 15 of us, you know, it was all, 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 uh, boys, boys becoming men. So I'd say it was probably 15 of us. And I had a really close friend there, um, my first or second day that I met, I met actually a couple, a couple of dudes that I liked a lot. And, uh, this one kid, uh, this black kid, I think his name was, I know his name's Randy. I don't know if it was Johnson or Jackson. Or Williams, whatever. I know, I, I know, I know a random, a Randy Williams, but that's beside the point. So his name was like Randy Jackson, a son. Really, really cool kid. Um, so anyway, he throws a grape across the table, um, and it was like four or five different like wooden dinner tables where some, you know, you know, it'd be I don't know, maybe six on one table, you know, some three on one side facing like me and three on the other side facing, you know, their back facing me. So Tom Tom Peterson's back was facing me or whatnot and and I was on the same side Randy was on facing his back. Facing Tom Thomas Peterson's back. So Randy, uh, you know, joking and shit, throws a grape, hits uh, Tom Peterson in the head and and then tells me and, and then tells Tom Peterson that I was the one who uh threw the grape at him. And since I was the new guy and since Tom Thomas Peterson was at to that point, he was like the, the biggest kid in that in that program, you know what I mean, as far as his weight and his height and, you know, what, what, uh, he, he was pretty much, he, he thought he was the leader, you know what I mean, and, and had bully, bullying tendencies, but anyway, so he gets up, I'm already sensing there's gonna be conflict, so I go, I, I, I get up from the dinner table, I go to the, to the loft area, where there's like, you know, couches that are shaped in, in like, so there's like three couches, and they're in the form of a U. You know what I mean? It's like a community area where we all sit upstairs and watch TV. I'm standing there, you know, looking at the TV and whatnot. So Tom Peterson comes up to me, and he says, You're new here, and I don't give a fuck. Don't ever fucking throw another grape at me again. And that's when he shoved my face and, and took a step back and whatnot. Well, when he put his hands on my face and shoved me, I fucking cocked back, and I swear to God, I've never punched, I've never landed or punched somebody in their fucking eye so perfect with every ounce of power and energy that I have. With him, I hit him so hard, so powerful, so fast, he didn't even, he didn't have time to react to know it hit him, and I broke the bottom of his eye, right underneath the eye, that orbital bone, and what happened was, of course, he reacted when I did that, I ended up, you know, was, you know, getting in a boxing stance, and, you know, moving forward, stepping back, you know, jabbing, whatever, and I happened to, I don't know if I had flip-flops on, but I ended up tripping and falling backwards, and let's just say I twisted, and, uh, 
So at that point, I landed on my hands and my knees, and he's wailing fucking about, I don't know, 50 punches into the back of my head. So at this point, I'm thinking, wow, it's my first, second day here, and now, you know, this kid just, you know, I got one punch, you know, and fucking broke his orbital bone, made him bleed, and uh, he's getting wailing 50 50 blows on my head. So I'm thinking, oh, great. Now, Now I'm just, I'm gonna be the loser here. But in that program, if you bled in a fight, if you are the one who bleeds first, you are the loser. Long story short, we both had to go to the hospital and whatnot. And um, I came back home, and they were they they practically. I mean, I felt like they I was they picked me up, and I was on their shoulder, and like I was their champion. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm sitting in the hospital thinking, oh damn man, I'm gonna be the loser. I'm gonna get bullied and. And, and whatnot, and I'm gonna have to fuck people up and fight every day, but it wasn't like that. And and the kid that I actually fucking broke his eye, his eye socket or orbital bone, we actually became friends while we were in the program and whatnot. Where he is today, I have no clue. Um, <clears throat> so shout out <clears throat> to Thomas uh, Peterson if you're out there. It's Derek, his sister, Smith, if you remember me. Uh, we were in the kaleidoscope program. I know you do. Because remember we used to skateboard on the blacktop. Remember you fucking broke about, I don't know, maybe two. I had, what, three or four skateboards. And each one of them was probably like $125 each. And you broke at least two of them on me. But anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, it feels good to be back on this Saturday, yeah, it's Sunday, on this Saturday, July 13th, 2019, it's 4.31 a.m., and I'm going to wrap it up, we got 53 minutes and 31 seconds on the clock, but just know there's going to be plenty more where this came from, and I need suggestions, what do you want to hear me talk about, do you want to get on the podcast as well with me, and voice what you need to voice, do you need help? Do you need opinions? Do you need input? Are you of assistance? Are you willing to go up and not down? To build and not crumble or self-destruct? Till the next time, yours truly, Bam Bam, a.k.a. Mr. Derek Farrell. This is the Derek Farrell Show Podcast. Peace. Love and blessings always.